0: Service.
1: Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media, March fifth, on the Best Show Ever podcast.
2: You're tuned in to The Show on the Road, a music discovery podcast where I interview songwriters, band leaders, and artists from around the world. My name is Zach Lubitin. Welcome to the first episodes of 2020. Buckle up, there's going to be a lot of crazy music coming your way. And this month... The show on the road is sponsored by Winter Wondergrass, now with three unique festival locations. In Steamboat, Colorado, February 21st through 23rd, Lake Tahoe's beautiful Squaw Valley, California, March 27th through 29th, and now Stratton Resort, Vermont, for the second annual Sugar and Strings Fest, April 10th and 11th. Who throws a music festival under the stars in the middle of winter, you ask? Why, Winter Wondergrass, of course. These are the most unique festivals I've ever been a part of. I played them in Lake Tahoe and in Colorado, and you know what? Just because you're wearing snow pants doesn't mean you can't dance, and it is really, really fun, guys. This year's fests in Colorado and California will include 20 plus bands over the course of three days, including headlining sets by Green Sky Bluegrass, Billy Strings, and Margot Price and Steamboat, and in Lake Tahoe with Devil Makes Three, the infamous String Dusters, and many more. Each event will also feature a set by the Winter Wonder Women, some of which have been on this very show. Single and multi-day passes for Winter Wondergrass are available now. Head over to winterwondergrass.com for more. This week on the show, we welcome a Virginia-based band of virtuous velvet-voiced harmony masters and savvy string band experimenters who have quietly put together an impressive body of work over the last decade, corkscrewing their way across the country, supporting seven diverse acoustic-based albums, gaining fans from their big-hearted, peace-promoting songs, and headlining folk festivals across the world. They even found time to start their own massively successful hometown hoedown called the Red Wing Roots Fest, which has become a new destination for roots bands and daring new artists sharing their craft under the stars each year. Ladies and gents, the steel wheels. I will admit to you, I begin this new year not in the highest of spirits. After a decade of playing music, I find myself, where many songwriters and touring bands often do, in a state of limbo, hoping for something bigger to happen so I don't always have to worry about paying rent on time, while also daring to make new music that is really saying something and doesn't fit in anywhere, at least not yet. My band, Dust Bowl Revival, will be releasing our new record, Is It You, Is It Me, on 30 Tigers, January 31st. Yes, that is very, very soon. And what can I say, I am desperately, terribly proud of this collection of 13 songs. We try to reach into a divide that I know is growing in this country and hope maybe that someone, anyone, will reach back. In many ways, my guests this week, The Steel Wheels, begin and end their bold and beautiful last record, Over the Trees, which was produced by Sam Kassira, who also produced our record, in a way that I maybe didn't have courage to do yet. They acknowledge that we are not where we need to be, not just as people, but as countries, as governments, as entities in the human race. We fall into ancient, dark habits. We lash out against each other in our green planet, and while we begin that record, Over the Trees, with that questioning... They end with a beautiful message that I think we need more than ever this year. What if we actually really tried for peace this year? Not just in ourselves, but in every part of life. I was lucky to catch these guys in the upstairs green room at McCabe's Guitar Shop down the street from me here in West L.A. And if you've never seen a show there, do yourself a favor. Get a ticket, buy an oatmeal raisin cookie at the repair shop window, and support a local folk band like the Steel Wheels that is spreading the good word. These are good people doing good work on many levels. I'm super glad I could have them on to help us kick off the 2020 season. So here they are now, the, the Steel pavement. Wheels.
0: Cut through the parking lot Helps a little to say his name But I can't say it helps a lot It wasn't my fault, they all said I still kind of take the blame If I can just put my head down Will it all be the same I go back to work in the morning just need to get some rest I wake up and I hear the car horn and the tired feelings in my chest know that I should talk to someone
3: maybe it would do some good don't know what I'd say Tell us who you are and where we are right now. We are the Steel Wheels. We are at McCabe's Guitar Shop in
1: Santa Monica.
2: Historic
3: McCabe's. <laughs> yeah.
2: Historic. The
1: McCabe's Guitar Shop. So came, happy to
2: be here. I came four blocks. It was a long, long commute to get here. Yeah, thanks for all the effort, man. But you guys came 3,000 miles. No, We did. <laughs> Right, we and about six it. hours drive today in
4: California. Yeah, yeah that's
3: right.
2: You like those that's California drives? State. Oh my gosh! <laughs>
4: I-, I five is that hidden jewel of California. Yeah. Talks go about. Foraging for,
3: for lunch today. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Bravo Farms. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We did. <laughs> it's the only healthy-ish spot. I can't
2: wow! Wait. You nailed that. Or, or yeah. in and out but That's not. All. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. What is the longest drive that you can remember that you did in one sitting to get to a show? Yeah. Ooh, to get oh, to, we, shit. our
1: longest drives have historically been the end of tours yeah
2: I know the go home drives but like to it's get those to a special play. 8 hour like oh
4: and we barely yeah. made we've it we've done 15 the, and played a show yeah, What's what that one? Muscatine, Iowa oh. oh, River's Edge Gallery, Virginia to yeah. Muscatine Muscatine where, where, yeah. where
3: Pearl Snaps are made yeah, yes they, so they have a Pearl, Pearl
1: Snap factory
2: yeah. who <laughs> agreed to do that uh huh I hope you were getting
4: paid well, but who agreed? I mean, that would fall on me. <laughs> I grew up in Iowa, though, so I was like, I got, if I can do the drive solo, we can do it all together. Yeah. yeah.
3: We high-fived and hit the road.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've we've often toured, We we almost always try to keep our tours to a sane number of dates in a row, but that means if you're gonna tour west from where we're at in Virginia, sometimes you're starting that tour pretty far west, you know? If you're gonna get... 10 days and that's all you're gonna do yeah you gotta start with some pretty big drives
2: you guys have been
1: together for a decade or so right yeah or more now Mm is it 2011 we released our first record as the Steel Wheels in 2010 okay so yeah but we were playing before then (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a that's why we're a, sort of we're like, hedgy about that answer is yeah. that there was five yeah. years before that. Well I read well, this
2: thing that like you recorded there was like an untitled band project that
3: went um, on. Well it used to be called Trent Waggler and the Steel Wheels. Yeah, it
2: used to be Zach Lupitton and Dustboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, oh, you, you guys in your you egos. Then you know? you I'm like, it. that'll fit on a market. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and everybody remembers
1: Trent Waggler so well. I've made such a name for myself. Waggler yeah. wheel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. Steel Wagglers. Right. Yeah. We got a lot yeah. of yeah. mis Richard. mispronunciations. What, where did your name come from? The Steel Wheels. Yeah. That's also Brian. He's, That's true. He's, I'm, I'm in charge of all things <laughs> like that. Uh, we we had a gig before we had a name. And we were coming up against the, you know, like, we've got a gig on Thursday. What are we calling ourselves? It can't just be Trent Wagler and Brian Dickel and, you know, and so we were like, ah, what do we do? So we- Yeah, just brainstorming over the phone. Yeah, got mm-hmm. that name. The Steel Wheels was the least I don't know, offensive to our, any of our years and- Wasn't supposed to be a career either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a gig
4: on Thursday. Right, That's all right. What, so, what day jobs were you working at that time? I was building uh, high-end acoustic guitars. Oh. At Huss and Dalton Guitars, actually, at that time. Mm-hmm. Where is that in Virginia? Stanton, just south Stanton. of Harrisonburg, which
1: we call home. Yeah. But I now live in Stanton, so... Oh. Yeah. yeah. I was working in more of a social work field. I was uh, doing education and prevention work uh, around issues of sexual violence and domestic wow. violence. Yeah. Important stuff. Yeah. And yeah.
3: that's Trent speaking. Um, I'm Jay, and I was uh, I was playing music and, and teaching lessons and things like that, working at a guitar shop.
2: I mean, also important.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, what do I do? Restringing
2: that Yamaha, <laughs> man, changing one. Hey,
3: I got really good exactly. at like, the Floyd Rose Bridges. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, do you guys ever feel like you have to justify your choice mm. of career? Like, look, you you were working in something that was genuinely helping someone on a ground level right situation right now obviously music is so much a part of everyone's life but also like it uplifts people it makes them feel it makes them get out of their comfort zone but it's like my grandma always jokes like is this something that is needed really <laughs> like
3: yeah. but it's
2: like yeah my grandma you are listening to music right now someone has right. to make that music right yeah.
3: well it's kind of two camps you know there's some people that come up to you after a show and they're like, so you make up your own stuff and man, what else do you do? You yeah. yeah and then there's people who are like thank you for what you're doing. It just feeds my soul right. Oh my gosh, you know?
1: yeah I mean I I've, honestly I do think it's a question that I, I ask myself all the time the choice to to do music is it changing the world and the other if I made choices to do other things um, that maybe I could I don't I don't know the answer to that at the same time, you know what I used to do was like, going into high schools and doing these huge assemblies talking about, you know, gender issues, talking about sexuality, talking about healthy relationships. And I would get to the end of a week of that and just be like, I don't know if this is helpful or not. Like some dude coming to someone's high school for one time is that useful versus like, uh, you know, spending our time really honing into something we not only love but are passionate about, trying to write songs that have meaning to us. And get those songs heard, I do think there's an element of that that is, uh, again, like, people are amazing out there doing things that are truly, truly, completely, like, we need this to happen or else. And I wouldn't equate maybe our touring with some of that. (laughs) You know, people doing brain surgery or or amazing cancer research, maybe I wouldn't equate our Americana band touring the country. It's easy to
4: get jaded, you know, of, like, what are we doing? We're just sitting in a van most of the time. And every now and then you get, like, an email or somebody afterwards, you know, it's like you touched our lives in this yes. way, and it's there, like kind of gives you a, a sense of like, okay, maybe we are doing something worthwhile. Is there a message you got recently that was
2: particularly touching?
3: Well, we we just played out in Bend, Oregon, and and this couple this couple came up um, to us at the show and handed us a card. They had a, a, a farm, and they were just they handed me a card and they just said, Hey, look. Your music yeah. means so much to us. And the mm. car, I read the card later, and it was just, uh, yeah, full of all mm. those kind words, and then they just, you know, expressed, if we ever needed a place to stay, to please come to their farm, yeah. they'll load us up with veggies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, just, yeah. Uh,
2: it is It is amazing the kindness of total strangers yeah. who come to shows and, and give of themselves, mm. you know? Yes. Because I feel like the jadedness, I think, around music sometimes for me is that it's hard, I think, when you're full-time touring, musician to fully appreciate just going to a show and how like important that is to people Mm. you know Mm -hmm. it's like almost this old fashioned uh, gift Mm. that you're like oh people still do that yeah Yeah. Yeah. sometimes right (laughs) (laughs) not everywhere sometimes not Not everywhere has there been a a very empty show recently mm-hmm. where you questioned yeah. all your life decisions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Was I like oh, Thursday? it's too Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Should we name the name?
2: <laughs> what did you feel when you went up there on Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I think that's like the thing yeah. that we don't talk about is bands. Yeah. Social media doesn't yeah. show it. Totally. And, and it's, you can't really do that as a, I don't know a PR thing is you're yeah. like, oh, well we're look we're failing,
3: yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. right. Exactly. And then the next day you'll
2: sell out wherever, <laughs> yeah. or, you know. Yeah. But
3: well, you know, I mean, the way I look at it now is that, I mean, the, to the people that are that did come to the show, you know, they paid for the show, yeah, and that's our job to be there and to play, yeah. Whether it's to a full house or to you know whatever thirty people, and, yeah. um, you know, sometimes it can be a little disheartening, but at the same time, you know, we're out there doing it and it's. still positive Well, and
1: I do think, I mean, sometimes those are the nights where you play for 30 people and if you put on that great show and you play it like you did when you played to 500 or whatever, sometimes those are the fans that really will stick with you for the rest. You know, I I do feel like sometimes the people who have continued to come back every time we're in their town are the people who first saw us at at a, you know, farmer's market in a little town in Virginia when we were just playing and hoping for tips. So, I also see it as an opportunity to connect on a very one-to-one level because sometimes it is one-to-one. <laughs> yeah. But you've had some some rock star moments, right? You,
2: I mean, you were at Stagecoach. You know? Sure. Yeah. You know,
1: was that weird,
2: or was, did that feel like? Oh yeah, that was, oh, that, really, that, was that was one of the weirder, weirder ones for sure. Pretty like mainstream country festival. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Oh.
3: That was really
4: strange. That was our first trip to California ever. Yeah. It was, yeah. That does not represent us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We found out since. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I think that every part of that was strange. From from it being the first time we've ever been to California to, uh, you know, like some of the other performers that are there, just feeling like, are we really on the same bill? Are we really playing to the same crowds? Because normally it doesn't feel like that's our crowd. Yeah. A lot of a lot, a higher percentage of the audience were in bikinis and or shirtless hats. and cowboy hats yeah. than usual. We, us. we felt overdressed. The hang yeah. was great
3: though. They treated <laughs> us very well. Oh man, and yeah. It was it was cool in that way. Yeah.
2: Did they respond to your music, or were they kind of bored? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like well, were they waiting for
3: like the you know yeah. Garth Brooks's of the world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, it's hard to, it's hard to say. You I know? think we I, felt like we had a good yeah. response from yeah. the crowd
1: that was in the you know we were like in the. One of the Tented Americana stages. And we were a couple sets before, was it just after this was Old Crow that time? Yeah, we were right
3: before Old Crow.
1: And so, you know, there were definitely people looking for Old Crow, but our music and Old Crow's music definitely sort of are, they've got a... They, they fit. And so a lot of that crowd I was... I remember was watching this. Nora
4: Jones in the next ten over with like 300 people while there's like 8,000 people waiting for Toby <laughs> Keith to come on. I'm like, this is kind of great. But. Nora Jones was at stagecoach? She was. Yeah. That year. Yeah, she she was, was playing in the Americana Oh, well, It was the... the what was the Little, Little, Little Willie? Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just kind of yes. like, I can't believe there's yeah, nobody really here great. and there's they're all just waiting. Yeah, it was, your, some of your early records like uh,
2: Lay Down, Lay Low and No More Rain had that kind of old crow,
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: honky... Bluegrass yeah. vibe, whereas mm-hmm. these last few records, uh, especially the new one over the trees, it's it's pushing some boundaries. I mean, you're going into some, you know, almost psychedelic,
1: yeah, rock mm-hmm. and
2: roll, and but oh, never losing the threads of the string band music that you know sort of make you guys special. Well, you know, and, and the harmonies. Thank you. And uh, you know, the record you did, uh, Wild, whilst we came here, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was produced by Sam Kasirer, who just did uh, our Dust Bowl revival record that's coming out.
1: Um, What is it like working with someone like Sam you know, to help shape songs? Sam was a, Sam has been a real facilitator for us uh, to make some of the transitions we've made sonically. And I think, uh, I mean you know from working with him, he's just such a great collaborator We had never worked with any producer before Sam, and so everything else had been self-produced. You know, we're in the studio, really just banging our heads against the wall to to some extent, and over several projects. Finally, we we wondered, and I don't know whether it was true or not, but we wondered if we had kind of come to uh, I don't know our our ceiling when it comes to just our heads in a studio. And so, but we were very careful for whatever sort of control freak side of things to who are we going to bring in? And if we're going to, you know, if we're going to really put someone in in the captain's chair, like, do we trust them? And what are they like? And Sam is just such a master of really kind of becoming another band member and yet also having very good and strong ideas and being willing to push you, but also being willing to listen. And over the course of two records with him, Uh, I think we've been able to, he helped us, he helped facilitate us really becoming a more full version of who we already were. Like, I think the musical influences that we were able to bring in were ones that we've always sort of hinted at, but we didn't allow our palette maybe to get as broad as it did. And so Sam, in general, to answer your question and working on songs, I think the way he helped us push things was to just no idea is too weird to explore no idea is in fact if it is weird let's go towards that and then we can always pull it back and I think having that level of exploration knowing that we're pushing some of us in the band at different times like in a direction that we're just like, no, I never wanted to hear that on this instrument. I never wanted to hear that kind of a tone or whatever. And yet he's like, just let's just see it through. Let's put a delay on the fiddle and, and let's do these weird effects to a banjo and just see what happens. And I think it was really helpful for us uh, and continues to be.
2: Yeah, because you know you open with this line that I feel like is very fitting for what we started talking about in the beginning. No one ever told me it would be like this. It's just mm. it just hits you right off the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's sort of very symbolic, I think, of just like being an adult in our yes. country right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Like I thought we would be in a different place. Like I would be in a different place. Right. Like we're all going
1: through like an existential questioning at the same time. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 No, I I think that's exactly right. And that was part of I think Sam also, uh, over, over the course of these records, has been there to help us. He, he's not just interested in what, which songs sound the best or which song by itself is a good song, but instead thinking what kind of statement are we making with this music, with this record, with this song. And uh, what does that line mean to each one of you? Mm. Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, the, the world around me not living up to the expectations I had. To, um, and I think it, it's that element of now being at the place where I'm looking around and saying, well, am I the adult in the room? Like, am yeah. I the one who's supposed to have this figured out? Because if that's the case, that's maybe even more scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it does get back to some of those initial questions we were talking about, about, like, am I doing all that I could be doing? Um the song goes on to sort of open up into a bit of a conversation about uh you know it has a little rain and kind of weather or climate uh climate change touch to some of the lyrical content that is also a little um a wink or maybe a nudge at the people who are like whoa I I had no idea that these crazy fires would be happening in California. I, I, no one ever said that um, when in reality we've been hearing a lot of people saying this yeah. for a while. And so there's also a sense of no one ever told me it would be like this is actually, have I been listening? Because <laughs> people yeah. have been telling me yeah, a lot. Yeah, but.
4: yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. It, I think when I, when I hear that first, it kind of an, an internal it's an internal thing of whenever I've um, been in doubt or questioned something, um, question myself, mm. I think. Um, no one ever told me to be like this, you know, whether I'm having a, a fight with my wife or something like that where I'm thinking, what's going on here and, and am I right or is she right? or does anybody need to be right? Mm. And then <clears throat> um, but that it, it is a really it's, to start off the record like that, you know it is a really uh,
4: um, it's a strong phrase. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean that can be interpreted a, a couple different ways for me at times. Like, some of it can be like, yeah, just mess is just dumped on you, and no one ever told you to be like this. At the same time, it could also be, occasionally, depending on where you take the song in your mind, a, a positive thing of like, no one ever told me it would be like this. Doesn't necessarily be a bad thing, which, mm. you know. Oh, it's like yeah. it could be like this, you know. No one ever actually told me to be this good. No one
0: It would be like this
2: What did you think you were going to be when you were a kid?
4: Ah, when you were this age. Boy, I mean, I gave up my NBA dreams at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that was first and foremost, and then I just was four foot two and 75 pounds, and it was tough. Did you yeah. like a Steve Nash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was quick. quick. I was quick yeah, and crafty, yeah. but it, it ended there. But yeah, that was kind of I was always you know sports, 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 and and definitely even I mean I didn't start becoming a full time musician until I was in my mid 30s. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was pretty set in building guitars. I was having a great time, and I loved that job. And this just kind of like took all took us over a little bit. Of like, mm. I don't know that I'd be a professional musician with anybody else other than this group of guys that we've always been together. Of like,
1: this felt kind of right. Maybe let's we'll try this. I think that is one unique thing about this band is that to a large extent, uh, we all took this leap together. Um, there was not. And I, I, with the one caveat of Kevin, who's not in the room right now, who's our drummer, who's been touring with lots of bands over many years. Uh, and Jay also had a touring project before this that was um, a little more articulated. But we all really jumped off the ledge of saying, this is full-time, we're quitting our other jobs, all at the same time. And was that like 2011? It would have been like uh, end of 2009, maybe, 2010. No, yeah, yeah that's yeah. when the talks really started. Yeah. yeah. And... I mean, maybe we were just so stupid that we thought we could do it, but I, I think we did each each little step of even getting to a recording studio and, and putting things together or, or putting the, the materials in the hands of, a, of a, any sort of promoter um, for radio or for press, all of that, we kind of did so slowly and almost begrudgingly like, well, I don't know, would anybody want to hear this? And, and so in that sense, It's been a long, slow growth kind of career, but it's also each little step along the way has been like, oh, what a great surprise because we didn't expect this at all. Yeah. What a magical time,
3: though! It was a a
4: hell of a lot of fun. We've always had just a lot of fun playing together, and and, um, that's key for those nights when thirty people come out. Yeah. Like exactly right. I think if I was a solo singer (laughs) songwriter, I would be just so hard to keep motivated when a night like that happens. But unless we can kind of like at least we have
1: each other and we can make fun of ourselves about it you know and there's always a worse (laughs) night that you can remember yeah like at at least I mean I hope (laughs) who knows but at this point I feel like we can always say yeah but remember that other show (laughs) that was like so bad it's funny now has
3: it ever happened to you that there's been a better night that was slim than a night that was packed like, well, it,
2: because a, a full house that's not fully with you yeah. is actually a very lonely, yeah, that's, it is. hollow feeling. It right. is, in its own way, yeah. It's you a know? fight. <laughs> Whereas, like, 30 people who are so pumped to be there
3: yeah.
2: in someone's garage yeah, yeah. Is
0: great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: I always remember watching a video of Jeff Tweedy combating with, like, a you know a crowd that's that's talking, yeah, and he finally just says, like, look, I don't know exactly what you guys came and paid all your money to come and and hear but if you'd let me know and I could do that for you I would love to but in the meantime if you could just shut the fuck up like and I loved that but it also was like man this is Jeff Tweedy like if he also has to deal with it it's it's uh that that makes me feel okay. Is there an amazing music venue that is not known to most
4: people that you would love to tell people about.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's number several. of golden
4: gems we, out there. We talk about Stoughton Opera House Dude, quite often. I love that place. Everybody that plays it loves it. Everybody that goes there loves it, but it's not on people's map or radar, I don't think. Every time I, like, we're like, oh, where should
2: we go in the Midwest? I was like, how about the Stoughton Opera <laughs> House? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they, like, yeah. I think they don't book, like, a whole lot of shows. They book, like, no. kind of a season in that scene. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's great. It's like outside Madison. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Little yep.
1: town, beautifully renovated opera house. Yeah. yeah. Now that's a great one. We've played a bunch of small towns in the Midwest over the years that have actually been really amazing. We often talk about this little 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 town in eastern Colorado called Ray, Colorado. W W R A Y. Okay. And I mean, it's a town of five thousand, maybe. Maybe. And. There is not much around, but there is a a restaurateur there who you know came up through Denver, really loves music, started a restaurant there, is trying to build something, and ha- and 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 realize that he's in between a lot of things, uh, and can get some some artists to stop in on off nights, and we've built a thing there where it's just like it feels like a what's it called the place. It's called Fourth and Main. Okay. And it's this restaurant upstairs and then they have these uh, nights of music and it's become just this really great small town vibe where you can tell they're just so appreciative that you've come to the yeah. you know to their little town and we've made friends there. Yeah it feels oh, like yeah. a second home. Mm-hmm. We usually
4: do like two nights there. Yeah, I go to my chiropractors there. It's <laughs> great. Uh, so don't
2: don't mess your back up until you yeah. get back. No, exactly. Yeah, I know. I know.
3: I wait for all my work.
2: <laughs> have there been any uh, on-stage injuries that have occurred mm. in your
3: tenures?
4: <laughs> well, to instruments. Um, to instruments, instruments? For
1: sure. Yeah. Uh, no, like, real big... can't think of any terrible... There's,
3: I mean, it wasn't on stage, but it was right before going on stage where you were dancing around and... and
4: <laughs>
1: you were doing a Mick Jagger impression. I was doing my actually. Mick Jagger impression it was in Canada and I, like... You're like he's so old, he can still oh, dance he's so around. Old, he can do this, and I like, and I threw my back out in the worst way. And I was like, yeah, he's so old, and I can't even do it for like four or five seconds. He now. has those
2: like videos on Instagram where he's like warming up for like yeah. Oh, yeah. forty-five that was, minutes. That was he does, He's like doing
1: like ballet moves. Like he has like yeah. you know he's got like was, the bar and he has oh, his legs man. going up. Oh, yeah. see, yeah, no, I yeah. did not do any of that. We no. got off a plane in Canada, <laughs> and we we're like cold in the green room, and I suddenly threw my back out, but. Uh, Yeah. No, we haven't had any. You guys did
2: a couple of you did a bicycle tour, right, through Virginia and Michigan. Uh,
3: Yeah, all of us here uh, did those tours. Um, One in one or two in Michigan and
4: one one in in North North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. One in Virginia. It's been a while, but it's fun. It's a fun way to see the country and a fun way to slow down. And people come up and talk to you and. You're a spectacle. You know, you can stop for yeah. a, stop for a sandwich. Everybody's like, "What are you? What are you? Like know, what are you doing?" Forrest Gump. Yeah, yes. yeah.
3: <laughs> hard as hell too. I mean, you're carrying all your own stuff. Yeah, so we a little did little it. Trailer trailers, trailers, yeah, trailers, and, trailers bikes. and um, yeah, yeah. Man. We
1: did it before drums, so we haven't quite. We've never done a self-supported tour with everything we're touring with now. Was it a full upright bass or a full Chadwick? I, I used my folding Chadwick, but
4: yeah. yeah, it's not any lighter. Unfortunately, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. just shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing that would make it
3: most difficult now would just be proximity from you now town to town. You know, can't really
4: play sixty miles apart for ten days. Yeah, it's um, trickier. I it's mean, another our, our profile is large, but the larger your profile gets, the more yeah. further
1: you got to go between shows. Our booking agent hated it so much. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like you're what you're making, making shows somewhere, up. somewhere sixty miles away. Oh, uh, okay, but. No, it was fun. I mean, it started from the idea of how can you tour more green. We, I remember being at a Folk Alliance conference and they were doing some workshop on you know eco touring, and Jay and I were kind of joking around about you know well maybe if we just toured without a car at all we we wouldn't have to you know no b- burn no gas and yeah and so it started from a joke and and then it kind of we saw it as a challenge and it was yeah yeah it is a fun way to sort of reset and. You get a lot of time to think out there on the bike, so, yeah. Who does the majority of the songwriting? I do. How does a song start,
2: and then how does it expand in the Steel Wheels?
1: There's a couple different models. Uh, While I do probably most of the songwriting, and I'm creating, you know, melody and lyrics, and then I bring it, I'll make demos usually of my own stuff and bring it to the band, and then we sort of build it from there. There's also been... um, I don't know, how many songs have we written together now? Maybe six, seven? Something like that. That we've recorded. Um, And so both with Jay and with Eric, there have been situations where uh, they will send me a melody on an instrument, an instrumental of some kind, and so it starts from there. Um, And that's been a fun challenge to write to lyrically, especially there's been several times where Jay has sent me a melody with a title already. And something about the title often... I mean, that's probably happened... And I love that. I know. Like, which, almost your which, which
2: song? Is there a song on the last record? On the last
1: yeah. record, Waiting in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, he he wrote the the basic... I mean, really wrote the music to it, sent me a complete instrumental version and called it Waiting in the Dark, and I got inspired by that and wrote yeah. the song to it. Were you
2: watching horror food films <laughs> while
1: you uh, were writing that? No, not at all. It, it just sort of triggered something. In fact, in that case, it triggered something for me... Uh, to write a song about that was about, you know, it's like really has ties to my family and, and my family history. It wasn't something I ever consciously thought I would write a song about, but mm-hmm. something about that title just triggered that. So that's a fun part of the process that's happened a couple times. I was well. going to ask you about that song because there is a thing that it, maybe a, a refrain that
2: comes out at the end, and maybe yeah. I just heard it at the end yeah. of, is it a marimba? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then you have. The mandolin picking kind of underneath it, and it and there is a spookiness to this song. Yeah, you know, yes. you're talking about, you know, shovels and you know, yeah. you're hiding out in the dark and yeah, yeah. you're losing your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. It almost was like, wait, is that the the Halloween theme underneath? Oh. Like, Yeah, yeah. There's this kind of like like very persistent. Yeah. Ominous mm-hmm. push. It's a, very, yeah. it's
3: a very, it's a very, it's a, it's a like a dark trance almost. Yeah, and, um, yeah. It's, it's been fun to, to recreate that live as well. Um, at, at the end of that song, because we uh, we don't have a marimba with us on the road. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God! I, I mean, here at
2: McCabe's. There's yeah. probably one laying around. That's true.
3: We could always get out the electric sitar Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: which is here. Yeah, you know, that is on the wall. Is there yeah. a sitar in that song?
2: There's not. No. but uh, <laughs> There's like, tonight. And I'm waiting in
0: the dark again. Oh, I'm waiting in the dark again. Yes, I'm waiting in the dark again. Am I losing my mind? Am I losing my mind? Right
2: way, what what haunts your dreams right now mm. that you would you would write a song or a movie or a
1: play or something about hmm i don't know if it haunts my dreams but i think well, the first thing that came to my mind when you said what what would you write about i think about like the true the things that deeply do concern me and i probably can get pretty scared about do have to do with probably the gun situation mm. in our country and so something about that being the mass shootings the just the gun policies in our country and, and how much it seems like it's just compounding on itself in the midst of the other hysteria that would be something that Not only that, me. that
2: that <laughs> somehow people refuse to acknowledge that we're the only like yeah. major country that still Right. Refuses to get better. Yeah. In this way. Yeah. And we, we, we are okay with having our kids mm-hmm. dying. Right. We offer, We offer a lot week. of prayers on Facebook, though. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's all okay then. You know? Yeah.
4: What about you? Yeah, I mean, kind of down those same lines. A bit of like, just a societal division slash like, kind of the scary part for me is like seeing seen all this division all the people that are I don't necessarily agree with their like political policies or their moral policies and yet we're polar opposites and they don't see anything wrong with that and I see all these things wrong with that you know, I don't know it's kind of a weird a weird spot to be in right but, now right
1: but how, so how do you handle th- how do you handle these times uh, uh, to put it sort of generally on stage as a performer you know with a platform of some kind you've got a microphone yeah like how do you handle it? Um, knowing that you're going across the country, you don't know who all is in your crowd, necessarily. I'm getting less okay not saying anything. Mm. Um, our mm-hmm. new
2: record that's coming out in January is pretty uh, clear-eyed, maybe for the first time, mm-hmm. about some major topics, especially gun control. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a song that will be possibly offensive to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about a, you know uh, AR-15s, mm-hmm. and I'm actually talking right now to the uh, March for Our Lives mm-hmm. people because it's a based on the Parkland shooting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I somehow ran into, in the food hall in Madrid, the publicist for March for Our Lives. Whoa. So they might actually hear this song. They might actually, sure. those kids actually might, um, you know, and it, it was not paying homage to them that I was mm. so heartened and yeah. impressed that they actually were standing up
1: yeah. to mm-hmm. the system. Yeah. You know. And you guys you guys have families some of you guys right? Yeah my daughter and I went to the March for Our Lives. Mm. Yeah she was really impacted by that whole moment. Yeah. She's 15 now wow. and she was What did you have her when you were 12? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys started early and <laughs> that's right. <Yeah. laughs> we like to yeah we like to get our work done and and have fun. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but no, yeah. He's handsome and he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <saying>? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. Um, I'm really fascinated by this time with the divisiveness that everybody's talked about and we all hear about, you know, what our role is when we get up there on stage and we have people coming out to our show and you, you know, you find yourself, like you said. You, you do have a microphone and there's a responsibility there. We're at, at a certain time and what will we say years from now when our kids say, like, what did you think? What were you doing when Trump was president? Or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and so there's really a this motivation there but then there's also the other side of, like, you say something and you see some people getting their feathers ruffled and they're like, just sing! Or whatever. You get that yeah. vibe in yeah. certain crowds and you also are like, well, is this the moment? Is this the right time? Are we somehow, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it continues to be something I wrestle with. Because we do have a mixed crowd. I think we tend, you know, our crowd skews left. But, you know. But you're from the south. We're you're from playing, the yeah. south. We you know. play, you know, old time music, yeah. at least enriched music um, that's inspired by some of that mountain music. And so you don't know who else showing up. And sometimes you're surprised, too, when you're like, yeah, yeah we seem like we might. And then they start, you know, talking. Um but uh I don't know, it's something that I definitely wrestle with because um, as as also like as the front man talking, sometimes I also feel like I've got a responsibility I'm representing these other guys if I all of a sudden go on a rant, you know, is that what everybody we all tend to agree on rants yeah <laughs> but is yeah. that is that what we all want to use this platform for in this moment and that's the question yeah, that even I like the the more tangible side of that is like we're not at a level where we can
4: we can lose fans like yeah. we are, we're still all trying to make it you know yeah. it's like but do you just silently stay by for the business side of it and well, I think you that know they, pretend they, it doesn't exist yeah I
3: mean you know when you're saying shit on the mic there's still tact you can have to like I mean we're still trying to play music yeah. and
4: to have the music speak for itself in some regard, you know. Um, And if you make somebody walk out of the room, you don't have a dialogue with them at all. Yeah. You know, so there's that side of it too. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky line to to walk.
2: Yeah, you know, the the first song on on your new record, Rain's Come, has that, no one ever told me it would be like this, and then you end the record with that acapella this year, which is sort of, I'm wishing everyone peace. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it actually kind of made me laugh and I couldn't tell if you were being tongue-in-cheek at times or you're Mm -hmm. just a very earnest, pleasant group of guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this sort of
1: like, almost like impossible dreams for people. Like, I hope everyone's marriage is healthy. Yes. Yes. Right. No, it was definitely, to me, it was a bit of a send-up of holiday songs of just the way we suddenly are like, it's it's the most, yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year and all of a sudden everybody's families are beautiful and, and yet also like trying to trying to walk that line of of kind of poking fun at that, but at the same time there is an earnest sense in all of us. Yeah. We all hope that it's gonna be okay. <laughs> and so there's a bit of a lullaby, a bit of a you know, a sense at the very last line of saying, There's no need to worry, there will be peace this year that these are the, these are the songs we sing to our kids. These are the things we kind of tell ourselves when we are all getting anxious, and we're all anxious right now. So in that sense, it was kind of fun to sort of go over that line a little bit. You know, there's that there's one verse where it's, you know, your cat is grateful for your friendship. Yeah, he is effusive <laughs> yeah. with his praise. I mean, that's where it goes the furthest over. Oh, your praise. for some reason. Is there something about grace?
2: No, I think it's... I thought yeah. it was effusive. With its
1: grace or something. Oh. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wow, how is a cat effusive? Very gracious. How is a gracious Effusively cat. gracious. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, since you guys are very pleasant, kind, and as you said when you were talking about your band name, not offensive, Yeah, uh-huh. we do a creative exercise sometimes here on the show <laughs> to get the... Creative brains really going. Yeah, and you're going to be playing a show in a bit. We have one more band member that is not uh, weighed in yet. <laughs> sit down. I need you to sit down. I need you to sit down. We can. Do, we're just going to go around one time with everyone. Okay.
3: Introduce yeah, yourself. In. You know, but I will say that it's possible the podcast comes at the expense of some uh, some Vietnamese food. So. <laughs> it is really good. Right? Yeah. very quick. Yeah. <laughs> so I bring I bring greetings and also wrap it up boys <laughs> tell, tell the people who you are
2: I'm Eric Brubaker I play fiddle nice okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna rapid fire top of your head don't try to think about it something from your life that immediately hits you when I say penis envy
3: oh man bad nights in the hotel
4: <laughs> swimming pool uh, middle school locker room <laughs> You poor suckers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Touche. The KKK.
1: Sucks. Uh, Hate, not heritage. Mm. Oh, Church of Hate. Yep.
2: Pure evil. Soft, kissy, missionary
4: sex. (laughs) Yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) A-OK with me. (laughs) My heritage. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) A
2: homoerotic volleyball montage. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
1: Steel wheels band time. (laughs) All right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Typical after show party. All right,
2: last one. (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's a rock star. <laughs> I think we yeah. all agree on that. Where <laughs> yeah. you go from there. Yeah. Okay, so I know Vietnamese food waits. The whole point of the show is to have an acoustic song at some point. Oh. Now, can you sing that song acapella? Or is it too yeah. hard? Is no, it easy? No. easy enough to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one you want to do? That's fine. Well, you can go down and get your instruments. I no, no.
1: That'd be the easiest.
2: Yeah. <clears throat>
0: This year there will be peace. This year there will be peace. This year there will be peace. There will be peace. There will be peace Peace for my sister and my brother. Peace for my sister and my brother. Peace for my friends and for the others There will be peace All of your marriages are healthy All of your children are strong This is the year that you'll be wealthy It won't be too long Your cat is grateful for your friendship He is effusive with his praise He runs to you when you call him These are the good days My mom will know how much I love her My mom will know how much I care I always do forget to write her, but she is always there. When my father's day is over, when my father's work is done, tell him I am proud to know him and to be called his son. This year you won't get any older, this year you won't turn gray, all of the songs we sing are bolder, all these words will pass away, there is no need to worry, there is no worry here, there is no worry there
2: you have it, the wonderful Steel Wheels, everybody. You can go to thesteelwheels.com for their music and their tour dates. Uh, They'll be playing throughout the South coming up, uh, January 9th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and uh, January 10th in Raleigh, North Carolina. They'll be playing in their home state of Virginia in January and going down to Mississippi and Tennessee. Lots of really cool stuff from them. Their latest record is called Over the Trees, produced by the wonderful Sam Kasirer, who also produced our Dust Bowl Revival record, which comes out January 31st. Sorry to yell in all caps, but I'm really excited about this. You can pre-order our record, dustbowlrevival.com, listen to it on Spotify, and this Friday, our radio single comes out. It's called Dreaming. It's pretty banging, guys. I really hope you dance in your underwear like I will be doing January 10th. Listen to it wherever you listen to music. If you are brand new to our show this year, Thank you for coming, I'm so glad you're here. This is actually episode 53, so there are 52 previous amazing episodes you can listen to, like when I talked to Steve Earle in his tour bus in Kentucky, or when I talked to Richard Thompson under the trees in Northern California, or maybe you missed the episode with the Warren Treaty, the rising folk soul stars who basically brought me to tears in my own living room. Guys, there are so many episodes where you can learn about new artists touring the world today, And you know what? If you go to our Instagram, Show on the Road podcast, there is unique video footage that I often take of people playing the songs at the end of our episodes. So check that out. Big thanks again to our sponsor, Winter Wondergrass. Festival season starts earlier than you think, guys. February in Colorado, March in Lake Tahoe, and April in Vermont. Go check it out at winterwondergrass.com. You will not regret it. The Show on the Road is hosted by me, Zach Lupitan, and produced by the handsome Hawaiian Chris Jacobs with support from the Bluegrass Situation team. If you love The Show on the Road, please leave us a review or rating over at iTunes.com slash road. Tell your friends, and also be sure to check out BGS's ever-growing collection of podcasts up right now on the BluegrassSituation.com. The Show on the Road is a part of the BGS Podcast Network. This is Zach Lupitan. See you on the trail.